Hey, I tell you what, if you would, leave us a review, subscribe to the show, and give us a rating. And while you're at it, go to our website, and then give us your email, and download my free gift, and then, oh, come on, man, relax. Right. Dial it back. And don't forget to follow me on social media, too, (laughs) right? Once you start hearing all of these (laughs) CTAs in one take, it just gets overwhelming. I think as a podcast, we have to sit back and strategically use the CTA to accomplish whatever our goal is at the moment. Welcome back to another edition of Podcast PhD. I am your host, Mark Ronick. Here with me, as always, my co-host, Larry Roberts. Good afternoon, Larry. How are you? What is happening, man? Happy to be back. Excited for another episode. Yes, today we're going to be diving into the world of CTAs. Call? Do we say calls to action or call to actions? Like, where does the plural fall in a call to action? I think it's implied plural. I don't even know. Maybe calls to action. There's a variety of different calls to action. Yes. Yeah, because the calls change. So I guess the calls would be plural. Yeah. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for that lesson today, Larry. Appreciate yeah. my grammar lesson. <laughs> Thank you. I'm out. That was great. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> and yeah, this is, we believe, a pretty important conversation because we think that a lot of people are either uncomfortable with giving a call to action on their show, or they're not really sure the best approach to a call to action, or they may not even realize, what can I be promoting here that people may be interested in participating in? So that's going to be the framework around it today. Let's first get into, Larry, if you don't mind, let's get to the basics first. Please describe the definition of a call to action. It's a call to action. There you go. Okay, oh, you're, we're you're, out again. Good job, Larry. <laughs> I'm summing this one up. This is a quick episode, folks. No, seriously, a call to action. It's essentially asking your audience to take some sort of action. And they change depending on what your goals are and maybe even where you're at in your podcast journey. It's funny because you, you mentioned it a minute ago, Mark, that I felt cheesy. And honestly, if I'm really going to break it down, I still feel cheesy most of the time even adding a call to action because it just seems so it seems so disingenuous and it just gives me that that cheesy feel. Hey everybody, if you like the show, be sure to hit that subscribe button so we can continue to bring you this amazing content every week. It just <laughs> <laughs> it just makes me feel kind of silly, but they're definitely needed. They're necessary, they're effective. That's the biggest thing is their effectiveness. When you have these listeners, they're listening to the show but You want to have subscribers as well, or you want to drive them to your website, or you want to do whatever. You have to inspire them to do that. You have to ask them to do that, to take that action. And that's where these calls to action come to play. Yeah, especially because a lot of times they don't even know what you want them to do, right? As far as they know, they're already doing what they're supposed to do. They're listening to your podcast and they think kind of like mission accomplished, right? Yeah. A lot of us are using podcasting to promote something else, to drive maybe more business, for example, if you're doing your podcast to help your business grow. So we want to remind them, we want to tell them, okay, you've listened to the show, we've given you all of this free value. In return, these aren't the words to use, but this is ultimately what you're doing. In return, please do X, Y, or Z. And I say or as opposed to and, because it's my belief that giving them too many things to do in one shot really is going to ultimately lead them to doing none of those things. And I saw you nodding your head there. Yeah, it's going to lock them up, man. 
Hey, I tell you what, if you would, leave us a review, subscribe to the show, and give us a rating. And while you're at it, go to our website, and then give us your email, and download my free gift, and then, oh, come on, man, relax. Right. Dial it back. And don't forget to follow me on social media, too, (laughs) right? Yeah. Once you start hearing all of these (laughs) CTAs in one take, it just gets overwhelming. I think as a podcast, we have to sit back and strategically use the CTA to accomplish whatever our goal is at the moment. I do a lot of podcast audits and people come to me and say, hey, will you take a look at my show? And I go through every aspect of the show from cover art to title to episodes to consistency, you name it, everything in between. And the CTA is one of the things that I evaluate. And all too often, I see brand new podcasters or relatively new podcasters, we'll say 10 to 20 episodes, and they're already driving the audience someplace other than subscribing to their show. And Mark, I don't know if you'll agree with this or not, but especially for a new podcast, I think it's absolutely critical that your CTA is to subscribe to the show. Yeah, I I do agree with you, especially in the beginning, because we want to establish that connection. We want our audience to get familiar with that idea of subscribing, even if they've subscribed to other podcasts. We don't want to assume that they know what they're doing. We don't want to assume that they've already done it. So yeah, in the beginning... I would make that a religious thing to do every episode, at least for the first dozen or so, to make sure that you're reminding people to subscribe to that podcast. I'm with you on that, Larry. So do you often hear them say subscribe, rate, and review? And do you think that's one CTA or three? Well, first of all, I think I have worn a shirt before on this show that says that very thing, all three of those things. And it is very common for us to do. It wouldn't be right if I just finished saying that we really want to try to keep it to one thing. And now I would tell you it's okay to do all three. (laughs) So I wasn't trying to put you in a gotcha spot. I really wasn't trying to do that, man. Yeah, No, I know you weren't. And it's okay because ultimately I think that's the plan is you do want to pick one of those things to do, especially starting out with your podcast. Yes, you can get it out all in one breath, rate, subscribe, or follow, rate, review my podcast. But really, there's just about only one place to go rate and review a podcast. You can rate a podcast in some places. You can barely review it in other places except for Apple. So I prefer that you ask people to subscribe. And there are plenty of other places you can go to ask people to leave you feedback, leave you reviews. Get them on your email lists, for example, those kinds of places to remind people that you would appreciate a review, that those reviews help you. And we'll get into some of that as well. So, yeah, I think keep it down to one thing. And I think it's either, especially in the beginning, it's either subscribe or it's go to my website. I think those are probably the two most critical things early on when you are promoting your podcast and when you're creating that call to action. So are you trying to drive people to your website to listen to the podcast or for some other reason? Are you looking for engagement on your site? Are you looking to leverage a visitor to sell product? Do you think if that's what we're doing, that's the direction we take, even if it's a brand new show? I think that it is important to send them there. I usually, the way I do it and encourage people to do it is I say, if you want to listen to the show or find out where else you can hear it, go to my website at suchandsuch.com. So I think that's the best approach. And sure, the reason why I want you to direct people to your website is because you probably have other things there of value to them, other things that they would find of interest. 
So if it is something about your business or if it is, a, say, a course that you maybe you're selling or some kind of workshop or membership, whatever those things are, yeah, those are going to be there at the website. And the hope is they're going to be listening through there and then maybe browsing the site while they're listening as well. So that's why I send it. I think it's really up to you as the host what you want them to do on the website. Yeah, that's where that strategic play comes into place, right? Mm -hmm. I think I was going to say strategic play comes into play, but that seemed redundant. A little bit. So I said comes into place instead, but I still think it was comes into play. I don't know. But anyways, <laughs> that's what we're trying to get at, folks, is, is be strategic with how you structure your CTA and make sure that you have a specific goal in mind when you're leveraging that CTA. And going back to what we were talking about earlier, a lot of it is rate and review the show. Is there any real value there? Yeah, I had this conversation recently on Clubhouse, and there was actually good arguments, both pros and cons. I personally believe that those ratings and reviews are most important for social proof. A lot of people will tell you that those things can help with the algorithms, say like Apple's algorithm. But if you go and read some of the stuff that Apple posts, if you read some other articles around the internet, you'll find out that actually those things have very little, if anything at all, to do with how your podcast gets more seen on a platform like Apple. So for me, why I believe those ratings and reviews are important are the same reasons why Amazon believes that those ratings and reviews are important on their site. People are often making their purchasing decisions based on those reviews, and I believe that people are doing that as well on Apple, for example, people, they may not hit play until they've seen what are other people saying about this podcast. Is this rated four stars or more? Or if they're looking at your podcast and it's only got two star ratings on there with only three reviews, it's my argument that they're going to likely skip that podcast and go to one that's got four or five stars and maybe has a hundred reviews just to show that compare and contrast. So I, I am a big proponent of getting those reviews because I believe that social proof is invaluable. People are going to respond based on what others are saying about your podcast. And I think it's interesting because I speak to so many podcasters and podcast listeners and they don't even know how to leave a review. I mean, I was talking to someone the other day and I know she's been podcasting for about three years and she was trying to leave a review on a podcast. She couldn't figure out where to do it. Yeah. She's like, I can't figure out even where to go find the reviews. That in itself is kind of scary. Going back to your Amazon reference, everybody knows where to find reviews on Amazon. Just scroll down. Is it? You know, just scroll down. You're going to find them. But if you scroll down on an, a podcast app, you're going to keep finding podcast episodes. Right. <laughs> yes. Finding those reviews is difficult. It's a little bit easier, at least in my opinion, on a desktop. But I don't even think you can leave a review on Apple Podcasts on a desktop. I don't think you can. And I still, to this day, have trouble sometimes finding the places to go to leave a review on Apple. I think that's on Apple. I think Apple needs to find a better way of making that more accessible. I think it's a problem for sure. And I don't even think I could find them, if not even leave one, on their desktop app. As far as the Apple Podcasts app goes, I can't find any place to go there. I haven't either. And I've done some digging because when she hit me up with that question, I was like, I don't know. Let me go see. And I probably spent, I don't know, 10, 15 minutes digging around, clicking around, trying to find a way to leave a review on a desktop. I just couldn't do it. So it, it seems like you have to go through the phone in order to make that happen. And that's kind of frustrating because if we're taking 
that valuable real estate at the end of our podcast, and we're structuring a CTA to subscribe, rate, and review, or rate and review, or rate the podcast, however you're structuring it. We want it to be easy for the listeners. And that's another one of the reasons that I tend to shy away from the reviews and the ratings. They have very little, if anything, I've read articles where it says straight up that they have nothing to do with the algorithm on Apple. So if there's no value there in promoting my podcast other than the social proof, and maybe I just don't give enough credit to social proof. Maybe I need to look at it from a different perspective. Subscribe, man. I always fall back on subscribe. Subscribe to the show because subscribers definitely play a part in the algorithm, definitely play a part in your ranking on iTunes or Apple podcast. Look at me, old school iTunes, (laughs) Apple podcast. I was thinking of the iTunes app, so please excuse me. It definitely plays a part there in the algorithm. So I don't see where you can go wrong with subscribe to the show as your CTA. If you don't know much or don't believe much in social proof, I highly recommend a book called Influence, The Psychology of Persuasion. It's by Robert Cialdini. And he gets into a lot of details around how much society can influence our decisions and things like ratings and reviews can make that big of a difference. So if that's the case, I have two suggestions. One is if you're feeling like your listeners are going to have a hard time finding where to go, I would recommend make a short video, a screen record or a blog that shows the step by steps on your website so that people know exactly how to leave you those ratings and reviews. I would also recommend if you're not taking advantage of something like PodPage, podpage podpage.com, they offer lots of bells and whistles. They integrate those Apple reviews into your website. They will also allow that ability for your non-Apple podcast users to leave you a review through your website. So it will be a combination of both those visitors on your website leaving reviews and apples and it will display them there for you which is another great way of taking advantage of social proof 100 percent, mark i think that sums it up essentially you definitely want a cta you want to be strategic about how you structure that cta and you want to keep in mind all aspects of the reactions from your audience are you going to develop that social proof are you going to hold their hand so that they can give you that social proof that's something that i don't even consider or i didn't consider was putting together a video or putting together a blog post and i've actually seen those i know podcasters that have used those mm-hmm. but i personally i've Don't even think about it. I just go, ah, I'm not going to mess with it. So it's great to have somebody like Mark here to bring that to the forefront and give us a different perspective instead of just old layer, basically just crapping all over ratings and reviews. (laughs) (laughs) So Larry, let me ask you then, when is the right time to do the call to action? Because like you said, we often hear subscribe, rate and review, follow, rate and review. We hear that all the time. And Most of the time we hear that at the end of the show. Is that the place to do it because everybody else is doing it that way? I don't think you're locked in there. And I'm actually a big fan of, okay, here, I'm going to throw a real wrinkle in everything. I'm a fan of having multiple CTAs spaced throughout the length of the podcast. Not all crammed together at once, but at different times. So you can leverage different CTAs just at different times of the show. So if you have one particular CTA you want to leverage, boom, hit it at the front. Maybe even have a CTA in there as a mid-roll. Mid-roll, it's a place where they typically find advertising that happens roughly in the middle of the podcast. That's why it's called a mid-roll. Leverage that opportunity in that particular ad real estate to insert your own CTA or your own ad. 
You know, that's one of the things that a lot of podcasters miss out on opportunities to do. They think, oh, I got to cram it on the back end of this podcast here. So you have all those various CTAs. And again, like we talked about earlier, no one typically will take any action because they don't know what to do at this point. But if you give them opportunities to take action throughout the show, I'm a firm believer that you could have multiple CTAs and they're not all right there crammed at the end of the episode. Yep. I almost want to, I haven't gone this far yet, but I almost want to start advising people not to do that at the end because everybody does it at the end. And I think listeners are picking up on that. I think audiences understand that when you start to say those words, oh yeah, follow, rate, review, they know the show's over. And if they've got something higher priority to do, that's a great time for them to jump. And then they don't get that call to action from you. I like Larry's advice. I would go with that. And yeah, I would sprinkle it in. Maybe it's at the beginning. Maybe do something in the middle too. You find your places to weave that in. And yes, do it at the end too, but maybe that's a very quick one so that you're not losing people at maybe one of the more critical times of your podcast. Yeah, I don't think I ever finish a podcast, like let it just run to completion. I mean, if I'm listening now, if it's just playing in the background or something, maybe it will, but I'm probably not paying attention at that point anyways. Right. Goes back to strategy, man. And that's why if you want to do it at the end, one of the things that I've been talking to people about doing is save your last question. Do your call to action first and tease that last question. So for example, Larry, If we were wrapping up right now, I would say, Larry, before we wrap up, I've got a question for you about X, Y, and Z, whatever that is, but something of importance that I know you're going to have an answer to that I know my audience is going to want to hear that answer. And then I say, and before we get to that, I want to remind you, my listener, to please do this again. I'm just giving you the quick version, but that's where you can insert your call to action and then say, okay, Larry. So as I was saying, I wanted to talk to you about X, Y, and Z. What are your thoughts on this? So this way now your audience, they know that they've got to wait if they really want to get that full value. If they want to get that answer from you, they're going to sit and they're going to hear me do that call to action and then they're going to go to you. Yes, there's a skip button. And if you do that call to action quick, the skip button becomes obsolete and they will listen to that call to action and then wait for that answer that Larry's going to give us. So what's that answer, Larry, to X, Y, and Z? Um, uh, Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Do whatever you want to do. That's pretty much the bottom line, folks. That's the answer to that question. Do whatever you want to do, but do it at the right time. (laughs) Perfect. So with that, the bottom line is make sure that you're strategic in your application and the structure of your CTA. Make sure that it's something that is going to help you accomplish your goals at this place in your podcast journey. So be sure you subscribe to the show so that Mark and I can continue to bring this amazing podcast content to you each and every week. So until then, I'm Larry Roberts. Oh, am I supposed to say, and I'm Mark Chronic. I thought it might be fun. <laughs> and this has been another amazing episode of Podcast PhD. We'll see you next week. Take care, everybody. Take care, everybody.